0: Day. Welcome in. It is Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here with you on this fine and dandy Monday afternoon. First Monday back in a while. Though.
1: It has been a while since we've been in here on a Monday. It's pretty wild. It's, it's been fun, though, as we, we've gotten,
0: you know, obviously plenty of eats and such. But sleeps maybe for some. Toddlers, man. You just what are you gonna do?
1: Hey, um what are you gonna do? Better you than me. <laughs> yeah, Been yeah. there, done that, got the spit up on t shirt.
0: Yeah, well we had plenty of we've we've had plenty of that, especially recently. The flu B. <laughs> but looks like everything's done. We're over all the sickness, mostly in the house, and we've got a an eighty. Are you sure about? That? We've got an eighty uh, percent potty trained three year old, oh. almost three year old. Eighty percent. We're so close, so close.
1: Uh, lollipops. Congrats.
0: Lollipops have been a big help.
1: That's huge.
0: In this, so, and Sarah makes bread now. I saw that. Like I saw a, a lot question. of. bread.
1: It's so question. is she Sarah bread now? Is that what I saw? or Was she referring to someone else? No, so, so that's the person's
0: that's the person's who we use their recipe book. So Sarah, the bread lady from Spring Hill, used to have Spring Hill Bakery and she wrote a a recipe book. Of all of her cookies and breads and cinnamon rolls. And, you know, she had, she has cinnamon rolls that rival several others in the area, like uh, Marcy Joe's, et cetera. And so Sarah was like, I really want to make bread. I was like, okay, go for it. And she did. So Sarah makes bread now. It's good bread, like really
1: good bread. I mean, is there bad
0: bread? Well, I mean, sure. I think you could probably make some there are some cornbreads i won't eat let's just say
1: that oh well cornbread is a different
0: yeah because it's got to be right it's got to be right <laughs> and and so you know it was it was interesting we, <laughs> i think sarah made four loaves of bread this weekend Jesus. Yeah. well the first one we ate like immediate then the second one well, then she made three all at once. Three more loaves. We have one, <laughs> one that has like garlic butter, one that has honey butter, and one regular just loaf bread. She she's
1: obsessive, isn't she?
0: She is, and we'll be done with this in, in about a month.
1: <laughs> and and then she will no longer
0: no more, no longer make no more.
1: Bread. So enjoy the bread while you can. That's what you're saying. I,
0: I am. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do just that. I'm going to enjoy all the bread and cookies and whatnot for <laughs> however long I can get them. That's all I'm
1: saying.
2: There you go. But
0: it was a good weekend, man. I I officiated I some basketball. I think you did too, didn't you?
1: I did. I uh, did.
0: And I, I got you know, I struggled though. I woke up Sunday morning and I couldn't walk. My
1: ankle Tylenol? No, well, I'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, because I Okay, so I did four games starting at eight thirty and came home and i was just whipped and um so i laid down for about 45 minutes and i should have taken the tylenol uh, or the ibuprofen before Man. i laid down mm-hmm. but i took it when i got up because i could barely move at that point i wasn't
0: muscle mm-hmm. sore my ankle i i'm pretty sure i sprained oh at some point somehow i don't know but non-contact i, mean,
1: contact, I huh?
0: walked out of the gym fine and it's my left ankle, so it wasn't like I was doing this on the gas pedal, mm-hmm. you know, all the way home. And then I, I, I got home and quite literally limped throughout the house for the rest of the, the weekend. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on, but. You we'll get,
1: old that's what's going on. We'll
0: get back out. What's all that bread I'm eating? Yep. <laughs> Getting on them joints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we'll get back out there this weekend and try it again. Oh, plenty of great stuff going on here. We've got a look, of course, Mo, but plenty of looking ahead to do today as well, because it is in the Monday Mirror. We've got Ben Arthur. He's going to talk about the AFC South, which does not include uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as champions,
1: which is always good. Thanks to the home team.
0: And we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the Titans camp. Of course, Terry McCormick will join us as well. He was in the locker room earlier talking with players. Uh, We'll also, of course, look at tonight's college football national championship
1: game. So, going to be interesting, that ball game is.
0: I'm really excited about it. Like, very excited about this game. I just think it's going to be a good football game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got strength on strength. Yeah. Offense versus defense, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. So we're going to talk about it in depth a little bit later.
1: Uh, we're going to talk a little Black Monday, too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, um, just
0: a little bit because there's not much to it, it right? It,
1: and, and it got out of the way early. In fact, it was Wait. Black Sunday. Here. Here. <laughs> but I noticed you got on your red and black. Is that in any solidarity with <laughs> Arthur Blank? Uh oh. <laughs> you know maybe Yeah,
0: you know the black uh, the black braves cap the red and black it's the black a yeah yeah uh, maybe 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 it was sub maybe it was subliminal uh because i, I did subconscious intend, yeah. certainly did not intend for it yeah. but yeah
1: well, kind of like i didn't intend to wear callioka colors to the callioka santa Fe game the other night you sure did
0: <laughs> yeah you did
1: huh i realized it when i was getting dressed but i was too far into yep, the process right. to eh, nobody back up and well, actually, a, a, a certain girls' coach until
0: they did, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's gonna care, it's not even that big of a deal.
1: I mean, he was gracious about it, he said, Well, maybe it's centennial. I said, There you go.
0: Hey,
3: you know what, you see,
0: you say, Well, at least you can see what I'm wearing because I'm here, and that's all. Boom. That
2: matters boom that's
0: all that matters
1: but to his credit he was not complaining (laughs) he was just noting
0: giving giving you a little bit of grief and that's
1: okay
0: Mm. always fun to get some grief from john Wall.
1: i'll have to tell you off the air (laughs) some grief that i gave somebody else earlier today
0: (laughs) well i look forward to it we've got a lot to get to man and we're way behind on our rundown so let's go ahead and get to yes uh, this weekend's results and today's very. A
1: very short schedule. <laughs> A lot of folks realized what was going on tonight, huh? Uh,
0: yes, uh, yes, they did. In fact, and, and not just in high school ranks, but college, pro, basketball, pro football. Pro nobody wanted to nobody, mess with it. Nobody's messing with tonight. So mm-hmm. we've got the rundown
2: for you. This is The Rundown
1: is brought to you by Zion Christian Academies. DCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose.
0: Girls basketball action from Friday night, Oakland down the beach, 4835. was Cheatham County, 5745 over East Hickman, continuing a very good season for Cheatham County. Clarksville Northwest 49-19 winners over Springfield. Columbia Central continues to roll 71-36 over Warren County. It was FC Boyd Senior Christian 38-36 winners over Laverne. Franklin falls to Brentwood 74-34. Franklin Christian a 53-32 winner over Zion. Christian Columbia Academy falls to Franklin Road. Academy 61-45. Wall Station Camp with a 70-51 win over Gallatin. Antioch was an 80-8 winner over Glencliff. Franklin Classical down Hampshire 50-44. Harpeth was a 53-31 winner over Hickman County. Stewart's Creek down Hendersonville 45-32. Independence a 62-37 winner over Centennial. Henry County 56. Kenwood 24. Kirkwood Falls to Clarksville 66-28. Loretto with a big 52-31 win over Lawrence County, eleven and 68-31 winners over Green Hill. Marshall County 55. Lee Academy 34. McGavick 60-43 winners over Smyrna. Providence Christian 63. Middle Tennessee Christian 47. hollerock Brewston 49-32 winners over Montgomery Central. Eagle Bowl falls to Moore County 53-50. Mount Juliet, I'm sorry, yeah. Mount Juliet falls to Wilson Central, 64-42. Page down summit, 45-31. It was Knownsville 52. Ravenwood 44. Richland 38, Cornersville 24, Shovelville with a 64 20 went over Riverdale. Rossview 65 37 against Clarksville Northeast. Santa Fe in that game you just talked about falls to Culioca 52 29. It was Summertown 61, Spring Hill 26. Uh, Both of those games have coverage on MainstreetMurray.com. Sycamore 47, Greenbrier 33, Westmoreland 48, Trousel County 15, Grace Franklin 71 university school of nashville 31 white house 53 lawson 26 and liberty creek 68 45 winners over white house heritage finally york institute 58 watertown 20.
1: on saturday the lady cubs of cheatham county win yet again 72 20 over montgomery central christ presbyterian with a 55-51 win over Harper Hall, Clarksville Academy defeated Davidson Academy 55-44. It was Good Pasture 44, Donaldson Christian 27, Father Ryan with a 46-28 win over Answorth. Ezo Harding knocks off Friendship Christian 52-39. F.C. Boyd Senior Christian defeated Dixon Academy 61-21. Franklin Christian with a 60-30 win over Knowledge Academies. Murfreesboro Central 46, Cannon County 39, Brentwood Academy defeated Pope Prep 48 34, Siegel with a 49 46 win over Rossview, Lipscomb Academy down St. Cecilia 52 32, and Upperman with a 46 31 win over Creekwood. In men's basketball, boys basketball. On Friday night, Beach defeated Oakland 58 42, Ridge with a 70 59 win over Lipscomb Academy, East Hickman defeated Cheatham County 89-66, Clarksville Northwest with a 64-59 win over Springfield, Warren County comes to Columbia Central and picks up a 61-36 victory, Dixon County edged West Creek 61-60, Portland with a 60-40 win over East Robertson. Franklin in overtime defeated Brentwood 54-51. It was Zion, Christian 74, Franklin, Christian 69. Columbia Academy with a 59-32 road win over Franklin Road Academy. Station Camp defeated Gallatin 46-39. It was Antioch 56, Glencliff 33. Hickman County defeated Clarksville 53-22. Hendersonville 51, Stewart's Creek 38. Independence in three overtimes defeated Centennial 84-80. Kenwood 48 Henry County 40, Kirkwood with a 73-62 win over Clarksville, Lawrence County defeated visiting Loretta 63-52, Green Hill with a 51-39 win over Lebanon, Marshall County defeated Lead Academy 73-69, it was Smyrna 61, McGavick 57, Providence Christian 76, Middle Tennessee Christian 37, and Montgomery Central defeated Hollow Rock Brewston 58-36.
0: Also, boys action on Friday, Eagleville 75, Moore County 59, Wilson Central 47-37, winners over Mount Juliet, Summit Falls to Page 63-49, Ravenwood 52, Nolansville 47, Richland Downs Cornersville 69-43, Shovelville 60-45 over Riverdale, Rossview 86-35, winners over Clarksville Northeast, Santa Fe Downs Cullioca 64-50, Summertown 80, Spring Hill 52, Greenbrier seventy-four, fifty-four winners over Sycamore. Battleground Academy down Webb School, 73-68. White House Heritage was a 64-53 winner over Lawson. Liberty Creek, 49. White House Heritage, 42. And York Institute, 66. Watertown, 48. On Saturday, it was Cheatham County, 65-47 over Montgomery Central. Montgomery Bell Academy down Christ Presbyterian, 67-49. Clarksville Academy, 69-50 winners over Davidson Academy. Donaldson Christian Falls to Goodpasture, 61-34. And Hazel Harding was a 70-67 winner, Edging Friendship Christian. Knowledge Academies also edging Franklin Christian, 52-51, the final there. Tennessee Heat, 72-60 wins over Franklin Road Academy. Cannon County, 76. Murfreesboro Central, 63. It was Nashville Christian, 52. Mount Juliet Christian, 39. Pope Prep continues their role in Class 3A Middle Region action. Pope Prep, 73. Brentwood Academy, 64. You come
1: on this show, good things things happen.
0: 75-56, Seventy-five, fifty-six, 56 the final for Rockdale over Smyrna and
1: Upperman 52, Creekwood 47. Men's college basketball action over the weekend. Tennessee State falls at Moorhead State, 78-68. Man, this one here.
0: What have I said all? What have I said?
1: Vanderbilt pushed Alabama to the absolute brink at Memorial Gym before falling 78-75 on Saturday. Lipscomb with an 81-70 win at Bellarmine, Tennessee 90, Ole Miss 64, ending Ole Miss's unbeaten start to the season. Eastern Kentucky with a 69-59 win over Austin Peay, Belmont all over Drake 87-65, Malik Dia. Announced his presence with authority, the former Endsworth stand up. Central Baptist with a 78 73 win over Cumberland. Rebecca defeated Malone 66 51, and it was UT Southern 75.50. Women's basketball action. Moorhead State defeated Tennessee State 86 78. Austin P with a 62 52 win over Eastern Kentucky. Lipscomb defeated Bellerman 76 65. It was Belmont 89, Bradley 47. Tennessee goes to 2-0 in Southeastern Conference play with an 87-69 win over Kentucky. Vanderbilt goes to 2-0 with a 63-57 win over Florida. Sanford 74, Cumberland 50. It was Malone 80, Trevecca 75. Point defeated UT Southern 61-51 in the National Football League. Season finale at Nissan Stadium for both teams, as it turned out. As the Tennessee Titans defeated Jacksonville 28-20. Uh, on the ice, the Nashville Predators defeated the Dallas Stars 4-3. In the association, the Grizzlies come up big twice, 127-113 against the Lakers, 121-115 against the Phoenix Sun. Today's action,
0: high school basketball doubleheaders. Ricksons at Wayne County at six as well as Zion. Just, yeah, Wh- Richland at Wayne County at 6, Hampshire at Zion Christian also at 6, boys Better. basketball tonight, Laverne's at Blackman at 6, at 7 Eastern, 6 Central, West Creek is at Chattanooga Prep, and at 7.30, Hendersonville Christian is at Bay Spring Academy. And of course, tonight is the College Football Playoffs National Championship, Washington, Michigan, kickoffs at 6.30 on ESPN. That is your rundown. time for our top story, which is brought to you, of course, each and every day by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. They have great deli lunch specials, of course. That's deli, but also daily. Daily
1: daily? Daily daily? Daily
0: daily daily lunch specials. Daily daily. (laughs) It's almost like dilly dilly. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful. We'll get in trouble using that. Daily daily (laughs) deli lunch specials at Piggly Wiggly in Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go Check out the fine folks there. they got fresh, fresh hand cut meats as well as uh, great produce. All costs, cost plus 10 at the register. And they're fantastic. Top story today, Mo, comes from your neck of the woods, like literally just over the hill and across the way.
1: (laughs) It's close. It's really close. If I was, if I was feeling particularly ambitious, I could walk. I've never felt that ambitious.
0: Yeah, but you would take a left and head to American, uh, what's the the old Puckett's there on the
1: corner? Oh, I know where you're talking about. Would well, you... I could do that, or I could just go across the bypass. Either way. Yeah. For good stuff. Absolutely. Um. Battleground Academy has filled the coaching vacancy that was created when Jonas Rodriguez stepped down with a very interesting successor
0: interesting is a great way to put it
1: it really is um <laughs> central florida analyst bobby bentley has taken over the wildcats um prior to joining Gus Malzahn's staff at UCF, he had been at South Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, and Presbyterian. Mm
0: -hmm. Where he
1: served as head coach. He was actually head coach at Presbyterian in 2007. Before that, he had served as head coach at James F. Burns High School in Duncan, South Carolina. Pretty big name. For 12 seasons um, from 95 to 06. And then again in 2013, won four straight state championships in South Carolina from 02 to 05 before taking over the program at Presbyterian. Um, Nike National High School Coach of the Year in 2005. As well as
0: Spartanburg County Citizen of the Year, same year. So not only is he a good coach, he's a
1: good dude. He's a good guy. There we go. That's a big deal. <laughs> he, he has not coached at the high school level since 2013, I guess. I'm pretty <laughs> sure and and
0: I'm I'm trying to be as accurate as I can. I'm pretty sure that in 09 and eleven he served as offensive coordinator at, at Burns and won two state championships when he went back. So he has two state championships as an offensive coordinator, four state championships as a head coach at Burns. And, okay. then, was re, and then was named coach again. In 13? In 13.
1: Okay. The, the, the timeline is not... Crystal clear from Isn't the information very, that we have.
0: Well, especially when you go from
1: high school to college to high school, Yes. Yeah, and so, you go from head coach to assistant to head coach, right. it gets a little a little murky.
0: But so in o seven o eight at Presbyterian, they ranked third nationally in passing yards and broke the school record for most for for yards in a season and points scored. Uh, Tim Webb still holds the school record for pass completion percentage at seventy three percent. And he threw for six forty-eight and seven touchdowns in one game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Presbyterian has a bit of a reputation these days.
1: Presbyterian has a bit of a reputation. Presbyterian also has a local. Carter Sidlowski, former Columbia Central two way line. Is that where he is? He That's is.
0: fantastic. Yeah, good sit him. But don't don't they like not punt or something? Um, when they onside kick every time.
1: That I'm not sure about.
0: They do some sort of weird.
1: <laughs>
0: they, they, but anyway, now he, uh, yeah. According to this here, while at Auburn, worked with uh, running back before going to South Carolina as running backs and tight ends coach.
1: Uh, um, I think he coached Marcus Lattimore at Burns. Which is South Carolina. I don't know if they were at South Carolina at the same time.
0: But yeah. yeah, And then, of course, you you said he was at South Florida as well. Uh, Jake Bentley was under him at South Carolina as well. So any relation? Pretty sure it's his dad. Because they're the ones who moved a lot. Remember, they were in they were in Alabama for just a minute. I think they, he played it like Opelika.
4: I don't remember
1: that.
0: Jake played it like Opelika at some point, uh, and and that's where he ended up going from because they were they because he Jake was,
1: Bentley is Bobby Bentley's son,
0: right? Because when, Jake played it Opelika while Bobby was at Auburn as an analyst. Okay, so that makes <coughs> yeah, that does make sense. And yeah. then when Jake went to South Carolina, they hired Bobby, and all of that goes into that. So, but yeah, that's,
1: uh, that's, that's an interesting tidbit.
0: And he has been coaching, you know, camps and
1: stuff. He hit Bentley football camps. Yes. Yeah. So battleground Academy went one and nine in 2022 was five and six last year. Um, has not been above 500 since 2019, but did win. Well did finish second in division two double A in twenty fourteen and twenty eighteen under Rock Batten prior to Rock's departure to take over at Innsworth, where he resigned earlier this offseason.
0: What's the deal there?
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: All right then. Well, I guess we'll
1: continue to keep You do you, you did see who got that
2: job though, right? I did. Okay.
0: So I mean it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, let's uh let's take a break. Ben Arthur is on the line mm-hmm. and so we'll get to him and talk a little bit about the AFC South right after this on Main Street Sports Day. Stick around. Um.
4: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and it is a Monday mirror where we look back at the weekend of sports. And today, Mo, we look back at the AFC South finales from Saturday and Sunday. What a what a turn of events hmm. in the AFC South. How the turntables? Turn
1: so <laughs> we're
0: gonna we're gonna kind of get into it a little bit with Fox Sports AFC South reporter <clears throat> Ben Arthur. Ben, thanks for joining us. Long time no
3: see, man. I know, guys. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, thank you for coming on with us, man. It's been a while. We we've, we've kind of been a little distracted from the rest of the AFC South by the struggles here at home. You've been keeping up with the whole thing, you know. Um, relative to what you expected when you got up Sunday morning, how did things shake out yesterday across the division?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not kind of surprised of like with what has happened with the Jags because it's been on the tea leaves uh, for several weeks now, like with that losing streak in uh, December that they went on, um, and so, I, I mean, just the Texans' rise has been really cool to see, and obviously something that no one really expected. But then when you have a quarterback of C.J. Stroud's caliber, what he's shown that he's been able to do, the savvy he has, he doesn't play like a rookie at all. He's already one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, it, it just got to a point to where, like for the last few weeks, I, I even told some people I thought, The Texans were going to win the division just because of how the Jags were imploding and and collapsing and then the Colts for for as well as they did like I had concerns about the quarterback play like can you really get the consistent high level play you need down the stretch Uh, and so. Uh, so so with that said, I, I think the last few weeks, it, it did feel like to me, like as soon as CJ Stroud got back in the lineup from the concussion, that they would be like my team to watch. But of course, from like looking from like the beginning of the season to now, like there's no way I, I could have even imagined this situation, right? With, with the Texans <laughs> as the division champs and being the only team from the AFC South in, in the uh, playoff field. So.
1: Does this performance not wrap up Coach of the Year for D'Amico Ryan?
3: Yeah, I, I think it certainly does. Uh, he's obviously been in the – I think he's been in the mix all year, and, and there are a lot of people who – a lot of coaches who I think are, are should be in the mix as well. I mean, Shane Steichen, I, I mean, no, I, I know they're not in the playoffs, but everything that he had to deal with, an indie between Anthony Richardson going out and having Jonathan Taylor in and out, having all these key players in and out. They've had suspensions. They've had all kinds of drama. Uh, and so for them to win nine games is really impressive. And then I think what Kevin Stefanski has done in Cleveland, uh, and and I know they have like one of the best defenses we've seen in recent history, but just with having played four quarterbacks and with Joe Flacco, the way he's played, you have to give them credit too. But yeah, I think with D'Amico, what the job he's done in Houston, the the hope that that city, that franchise now has, and then being a division champion. I mean, none of those other candidates I mentioned have that distinction. And having a quarterback like CJ Stroud helps a lot. But uh you, you talk about where this franchise was just last year and uh, just all the dark clouds between the Deshaun Watson mess and we all know the front office and ownership stuff that has come out in in recent years. And so from them for them to go from three wins to 10 wins, plus a division title, it's really hard to say that D'Amico Ryan's is not the, the coach of the year. So I think I would give him that nod. But as I said, I, you know, there there's some strong candidates in there as well
0: man you know when you talk about the i mean really the turnaround of this team it really starts for houston in both their offensive and defensive lines it just goes to show that if you can be successful in the trenches you can win football games. And it, it seems like Houston has done a really good job over the last couple of years to solidify that signing Shaq Mason this past offseason to go with Laramie Tunsell. the left side of their line is just ridiculously good. That's exactly what the Titans haven't done or haven't been able to do. And now you're seeing exactly how that, how that plays out in the national football league for all the talk about quarterbacks. It never fails that the trenches are where it, it ends up, isn't
3: it? Yeah, the trenches are, are certainly where it ends up, especially like you mentioned the t- Titans case, and then in Houston, in Houston with C.J. Stroud. I mean, you, you need to have an offensive line that gives your quarterback a chance uh, to have success, and and not maybe just for the pass protection purposes, but also just. Having adequate run blocking so that running back, whoever you have back there can take pressure off of uh, the quarterback just in terms of having to always make plays in the passing game. But uh, in in the case of of the Texans, I will say they have had issues this year because they have had a lot of injuries like, uh, you know, Titus Howard is out for the season. He's their standout right tackle Kenyon Green. Uh, former first round pick, their left guard, he's missed the entire year. They've had to shuffle a lot of parts. There have been games where they haven't had like four offensive line starters, and they've still been able to win, which I think speaks mostly about just C.J. Stroud's greatness. Uh, so I, I do want to say that too. But uh, but when they are at full strength, when they do have most of those bodies up front, uh, they do a really good job of Protecting Stroud, and there's a reason why it's one of the highest-paid offensive lines in the league, and 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 they've certainly given CJ a chance uh, at at success. We'll have to see what the Titans do uh, to to give Levis a chance to have some success in 2024 because they got him hurt twice this year, but. Um, but yeah, it definitely starts in the trenches. I didn't even talk about the D-line in the for the Texans. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing D'Amico Ryans has done is really build up that uh, defensive line and defensive front overall.
1: Ben Arthur of Fox Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint as we talk about the AFC South. And, you know, Ben, you talked about The collapse of the Jaguars was kind of something that you could see coming to some degree. Mm -hmm. It's not back to square one for Doug Peterson and those guys, but what is it that they have to try to get done to address their situation as they, you know, head into this offseason and get ready for 2024 at this point?
3: Yeah, Mo, I think the I mean, the biggest thing is the offense, uh, because that th- that was a unit that was expected to lead the team uh, with, with all that talent they have. Like they, they probably have on paper, at least right. What one of the most talented skill groups uh, in the NFL and, and for them to like take a big step back. Uh, that was quite alarming because it was the defense who really led them for most of the year. And so. Uh, They're going to have to have some hard make some hard decisions uh, in in terms of probably the coaching side offensively, like Doug Peterson uh, gave Press Taylor, their offensive coordinator, uh, full time play calling responsibilities. And and I think ultimately that that really hurt them because they never had the same. They never play with the same rhythm uh, and effectiveness and, and smoothness that they played with last year, last year. Press Taylor just called the second half of games. It seemed like uh, Doug Peterson really just in the first half of games last year he he probably got to a point uh, with you know getting the offense to a point where it's like okay everything is under control and then giving the reins off to, to Press Taylor to kind of finish the game and 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 this year he kind of empowered Press Taylor to to take over the reins and and I think that kind of backfired and so I think the big question is. Like what? What's going to happen with Press Taylor? Is Doug Doug just going to take back play calling responsibilities? Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest thing I look for because I think there are so many things. That, like just in, in terms of like the red zone lapses. Like whenever they were in scoring position, there's there so many instances where they they would just mess it up, whether it it, it was a turnover or Uh, a costly penalty or uh, short yardage situations were, were a problem. And, and there were some instances too, where, you know, Trevor Lawrence would just, would change up uh, the play call, like, like in short yardage situations and, and and it would kind of backfire. So I think maybe that showed a a lack of trust in in certain, certain situations with kind of the, the plays uh, coming through. And so I, I think the when you ask me like what what's what's going to have to happen, I, I think it starts with the, the offense. Like I, I think Doug Peterson should strongly consider taking back uh, full time play calling responsibilities. I, I don't know what that means for Press Taylor, but uh, just knowing with what we saw from them last year, like with adding Calvin Ridley, they should have just been so much better and and they and they got worse and so i think that's the first thing i'm looking at with them
0: and that makes that makes sense because you know obviously they're coming off an afc championship last year albeit as
3: the titans collapse
0: mediocre a <laughs> yeah. championship as you can possibly have won
3: but yeah.
0: but they still you know they they still did win the, the AFC South last year. And a lot of people, you know, obviously that was that they were the, they were the big deal, the hot hand Trevor Lawrence and all of this. I mean, do, do you feel like Trevor Lawrence is at, at this point, where does Trevor Lawrence rank in the AFC South as in terms of quarterbacks?
3: Ooh. Um, in terms of quarterbacks right now, I would say second. Uh, I mean, CJ Stroud is clearly, he's the best. There's no question that C.J. Stroud is the best. Um, I just think Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, we just haven't really seen quite enough from them yet uh, for, for me to give, like, a great judgment on them. Uh, but I would put Trevor Lawrence at number two just by default. Uh, he's He clearly hasn't been that generational franchise QB that everyone seemed to expect, Coming out of Clemson in, in 2021, he's shown huh. glimpses of being like he's had franchise quarterback moments, but he's been so inconsistent and, and long stretches of kind of mediocrity and and you know bonehead turnovers and you know, uh, weird kind of decisions and and, and whatnot. So, uh, which
0: is is not great when you have yeah. two really, really high-level pass targets. Yeah. I mean, Evan Ingram and Calvin Ridley are among the top two in their position in the league. Uh, and, you know, it's not like he doesn't have the weapons. It's not like he doesn't have the options out yeah, there. Yeah, he's today.
1: not having to make guys better than they are.
0: I mean, to me, it feels like his <laughs> his biggest moments have come from the receivers almost and not, and not him. Look, I, I, yeah. I thought, I thought Trevor Lawrence was, you know, was a franchise quarterback kind of guy going into last year. I think he's regressed under Doug Peterson. And I don't know if that's a Doug Peterson thing or an offensive philosophy thing or what, but they're too talented Offensively, for them to be nine and eight year over year,
1: I wonder if it's a pressure thing. It could be that too.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know about the pressure thing because I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had pressure, yeah, and expectations his whole life yeah. <laughs> in terms of being a highly touted guy. But, but yeah, you, you do make a good point in terms of, the, like, it goes back to the offense. Like, does the whole approach need to change? Like, that's why I brought up. The whole Doug Peterson thing, does he need to take back play calling and and take control of the offense? Because it did regress under press Taylor as the guy calling the shots. And as I indicated, like there were instances where it seemed like like especially in those short yardage situation where Trevor just didn't trust some of the calls and and, and just decided to try to take things into his own hands. And and that would backfire. And, And so, um So so I I don't think it's really a a Doug Peterson thing in in terms of like, he's the reason Trevor regressed. I think it's probably more so um, Doug Peterson, like relinquishing the play calling responsibilities uh, and, um, and and yeah, maybe probably more of a press Taylor thing, but, um, but yeah, it's kind of head scratching. I mean, I know to, to Trevor's credit, he is, Really, really tough. He he played through a lot of things this year. Like he played through a shoulder injury. He you know sprained his knee. He uh, I'm trying to remember high ankle sprain, and he came back within like uh, uh, you know a short span. So 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 he's really tough. He, he he's gutted it out. He he's really consistently available, but he just hasn't made those strides that you would think, right? Like he's entering year four, and and here we are questioning if he's a franchise quarterback right so uh, that's that's a huge problem
0: no doubt so cj stroud seems to think this houston team has a super bowl team any chance that's true N-
3: no i don't i don't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so I mean, I,
0: he's I, got to yeah. think it right though he's got
3: to believe that yeah no exactly and i don't what's he gonna say no nah, we're not really that good mm-hmm. exactly. no he he said that that's exactly what you have to say you have to have that belief and that's something that's kind of always stood out about him and just learning about him this year is that kind of unwavering confidence that he has it's not like a cockiness but like that supreme confidence in himself and and his teammates uh these Texans, they just have like too many flaws in my opinion to really do anything i mean that they could i think they could beat the browns that's certainly possible but i mean get, getting much further than that i'm not sure about all that but um but yeah defensively uh there's some question marks there in the past defense and is their d-line going to be healthy um because CJ Stroud can't do everything uh as great as he is and and he is so young too so um but, but yeah, when you look at 2024, 2025, I mean, the Texans are on a phenomenal trajectory, and they're going to have a lot of draft picks and cap space this offseason to continue to build around him. But uh, saying a Super Bowl this year is kind of insanity to me. So,
0: there you go. Well, Ben, as always, man, we appreciate you and look forward to talking to you again soon, and hopefully we'll have some Titans news here coming up. By the end of the week. that One way or the other. One way or the other.
3: Another, yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> Thank right, you, guys.
2: We'll
0: take, take care. We'll talk to you soon. That's Ben Arthur, Fox Sports, joining us here. We've got plenty more to go in the show. Terry McCormick at the top of the hour, speaking of Titans news. Mm-hmm. But also, Monstars, who had the biggest performances of the weekend, we'll talk about it right after this on Main Street Sports Today. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey, welcome back again. this time now for Monstars Stars here on Main Street Sports today, presented by mid Tennessee Bone & Joint. This is where we, of course, acknowledge great performances from a number of folks from across the sports landscape for their performances over the weekend. And looking forward to this one, because I'm sure there will be some names that we all know. I got a feeling. So let's get into it um do we want to let justin go first I yeah. know who his first one's probably going to be yeah uh justin do you want to put your crown on before you say this
7: i honestly i swear during the break i debated on whether not to make my first one just all three of them but i just feel like that would just not be good good for the show so uh, i'm gonna go the king the one and only derrick henry um just did it old school style. No catches, 154 on the ground, straight down their throat. He owns Jacksonville. Give him the key. Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you have to wonder if they don't make a bid at trying to sign him just so they don't have to play him.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, crap. Of course, they've got, they've got ETN and Tank, so that'd be
1: cool. tough. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, we've got Tank Bigsby, so we're not going to sign Derrick Henry.
0: I'm just saying they've got the they, they've got a the double and tank, Tank's beyond.
1: We've got Tank Bigsby, so we don't need Derrick Henry.
0: I didn't say they don't need him. I'm saying he's a rookie and he's on a rookie deal. And what are you gonna do, Dude,
2: He also one returns
0: one. kicks.
7: <laughs> do you imagine they're not gonna in,
0: sign Derrick Henry? In
7: the GM, yeah, well, of course not. If they got Tank Bigsby. Why would you?
0: <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm saying the running back room. Is too full to have a guy who's a number one. Like,
7: what do, we're not looking for a running back position. We're good. We got Tank.
0: We got Tank. We're good. Thanks. Dude, that was hilarious.
1: That was Once awesome. again,
2: they have Travis
0: <laughs> EPN and the word <laughs> and does oh, have straight. a meaning. It's a combo. <laughs> Why
2: would
0: we do Sorry, I forgot words don't have meanings on this show anymore. <clears throat> we're in 2024 <clears throat> now. Words.
1: Uh, who, who, words. Who, who's your guy? That's so funny. <laughs> Who's your guy?
0: oh i'm sorry oh, my bad drew Pember. <laughs> you ever heard of him
1: i have heard of him yeah. yeah north carolina
0: asheville out of knox vegas drew Pember. well former Twem- tennessee ball. former tennessee member played at
1: beardon i think
0: 29 and 10 29 and 10 yeah i'm gonna give him a you got a double double went over presbyterian not that great but uh Always good.
1: I, I would never have thought that we would mention Presbyterian college.
0: Not no three not only three times, but two different sports
1: on this show.
0: Two different sports. Are wow. they cold?
1: Are they
7: cold at everything?
0: No, they're just it's so random.
7: It's, it's random <laughs> as all get out.
0: They're up. an FCS football program. <laughs> they're a mid major basketball <laughs> program. Well, well, I mean, their biggest claim to fame is they beat Vanderbilt. Right? But they did beat Vanderbilt this year. <laughs>
1: yeah. Behind Drew Pember. <laughs> no. Drew Pember's at Asheville, not oh, at yeah. yeah.
7: I bet the okay. Vandy
1: are looking great right now. So,
3: um, Drew Pember
1: went 29 and 10. He did. Okay. I'm gonna see your 29 and 10 against Presbyterian, and raise it with Jonas Adu's 24 and 10 for Tennessee in a 90 to 64 win over previously undefeated Ole Miss.
0: Do we put an asterisk by that, by the way?
2: What?
1: Previously undefeated.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, we we did have that conversation. Blake told us, right? Hey, don't don't put too much stock in that zero over there,
1: guys. But you know what? Let's let's
0: hey, zero is zero.
1: Zero is absolutely zero. And all you can do is beat the people they put in front of you. And I am trying to get the Ole Miss schedule pulled up. They
0: beat Memphis. So they take that. They beat Memphis.
1: I mean I mean, if 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 you want to if you want to punch down at Chris Beard and his thirteen and zero start, you go right ahead.
0: No, I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that we were told to be wary of putting too much stock in their zero.
1: Mm-hmm. I understand? They beat Alabama State, Eastern Washington, Detroit Mercy, Sam Houston, Detroit Mercy, minus,
0: uh Mike Davis's kids. So.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> They did beat NC State by 20.
6: That's solid.
1: They beat Memphis by three. Both of those were in Oxford. But then they beat Mount St. Mary's of Maryland, Central Florida by two in Orlando, um, Cal, Troy, Southern Miss, Bryant. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah. But, but but they got beat by 20
0: what? 26 six. in at, T, at TBA and SCC,
1: so you know, 26.: Yeah, so that's okay. my first Monstar. That's first. Yeah, that was my first. Gosh. Yeah, y'all been talking a lot. Yeah.
7: <laughs> um, you might have already seen it because I had it pulled up, but this man's going to the playoffs. And, hey, there's some doubters, you know what I'm saying? But look at that face. That's a playoff face, game face. So my mom stars Baker Mayfield. Did you see that video of him limping off the field? No. Or not limping, but, like, at the end of the game, and just, like, is kind, kind like of walking. Bat, yeah, like, bot, battle testing, you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: battle worn. It's just. There you go. Cool Sam Well, he's come through the NFC South, so he is definitely battle worn. Ooh. Ooh, at least. Yeah, anyway.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, James Conner, running back for Arizona. 27 carries for 150 yards. 27 carries. Also caught four passes for 54 yards. That guy is one of my favorite players in the league, period. Mm-hmm. still underrated. A great great, great score.
2: Yeah. My
1: number two in – I'm gonna go back to Nissan Stadium. I'm gonna go on the other side of the ball, though. Aziz Al Shire, ten total tackles, seven Dog. solos, one for loss. Dog. He was all over the field yesterday. Also, shout out to Tajay Spears for three tu- uh, for, with two touchdowns. Two touchdowns on six touches. My, it's not a bad day at the office. He's a dual it's character third. if I've ever seen one. Kind of Darian Meza-ish. Can I
0: tell you how bad I felt for the dude in my fantasy league who lost the championship last week because he played Derrick Henry and A. Spears, and they combined for like 10 points, and then this week they combined for like 40? (laughs) timing is everything,
1: right?
0: (laughs) Like, man, I feel so bad right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's all your fault.
2: It's all your fault. All right. Justin? Oh, mm-hmm. uh,
7: I also am gonna go back to Nissan uh, and just give a shout out to our, to our hero or was that fell Ryan Tannehill finishing finishing the game out strong wasn't beautiful wasn't wasn't the sexiest game he's ever played but I'm gonna I'm gonna miss seeing him to be honest with you. I you mean, know,
1: it, it it's one of those situations where you don't miss people until they're gone, and yeah. when this team mm-hmm. reconvenes for 2024, and Ryan Tannehill isn't here, and you know possibly Derek Henry isn't here, and and a number of other names and players that we've gotten used to seeing yeah. over this period of time, it, it's it's going to be different.
0: And how? Oh, never mind. <laughs> how many boxes are we going to see with seven or eight guys, and I'm giving quarterbacks a little extra space downfield for those big shots they like to take. <laughs> I'm telling you, be careful what you wish for. <laughs>
7: yeah, people just forget, like, what what he pulled us out of,
0: you so know.
1: Anyway. Yep.
0: I'm going to go to women's basketball for a moment. Virginia Tech senior Elizabeth Kitley. Mm. Six foot six center, twenty-seven points, twelve rebounds in their sixty-three-sixty-two win over third ranked North Carolina State, handing the Wolfpack their first loss of the season due to the Hokies.
1: That's that's a little ironic because they handed the Wolfpack their first loss of the season, and the Wolfpack handed Vanderbilt its only loss of the season. And my third monster is former Blackman standout Ayanna Moore of the Commodore women who had 29 points at the hump Thursday night in a 71-66 win over Mississippi State and 20 yesterday in a 63-57 win over Florida. So that's my number three monster. And
0: She's killing it right now.
1: If you'll note... I did not have a high school one star, but shout out to Alden Slaughter and Eli Hardison, who went mano a mano. Yeah, they did. Friday night. Eli had eight? Eli had eight threes, okay. 28 points, but only three points in the second half. Why? Because Alden Slaughter was on him like a blanket. Hey,
0: that's how you do it right there.
1: Yeah. In front of a UAB assistant, by the way, Phillip Pearson was in the house. Uh-oh. Yeah. Watch out. All right, that's going to do it for
0: Monstars. We take a break. Terry McCormick coming your way right after this. Stick around. Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bunny Joint. He's back in a moment. Welcome back in time now to talk to Terry McCormick, who has been in and out around St. Thomas sports park all day long. Are, are you, are you just taking a break Terry? Cause I can tell you, you've been working all morning.
8: Yeah, we, we got out there and, uh, I got there about nine thirty or so. The, the, uh, player availability was around a little after 10. And then, uh, after that wrote a story about uh, Mike Brabel's unsettled situation here and uh what that means uh going forward. Uh and then came back and then been doing uh podcast hits and uh things like that ever since, along with my regular editing duties. So there you go. Been a busy day.
1: Along with your regular editing duties. Yes. <laughs> no, no no rest for the weary. So what was the um what was the mood for locker room clean out day?
8: Well, certainly Vrabel was the uh, topic of the day. And these guys like Harold Landry was really great on the subject. He said that uh, he can't imagine, you know, Vrabel not being on the sidelines uh, and being the Titans coach. said that it showed yesterday how they played in sending out Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill uh, this team's still playing hard. This team still had plenty of fight despite uh, a terrible season. And then uh, talked to some other guys about it. Will Levis was one, and he said that he had heard the rumbling, so he went to Vrabel and asked him. And Vrabel just said, as soon as I know something, you'll know something. So that's kind of where it stands right now. I think, you know, if you start to unravel all of this, and a lot of these Reports and speculation that Brabel was unhappy, that there was some dissent between he and Rand Carthon and he and the organization. I think then you, you can tr- kind of trace that back to New England. I think everything to me is predicated on what happens with Bill Belichick in New England. If the Patriots move on from Belichick, as many expect they're going to, then it would make sense. <clears throat> excuse me. It would make sense that Vrabel might be on their radar. Because he played there, he was inducted into the team's Hall of Fame, he has a great relationship with Robert Kraft. He had success as a coach very early on, maybe not so much <clears throat> Excuse me. the last year and a half, but certainly He would be attractive to the patriots now that said he's 13 and 21 over the last two years so i'm sorry but so in terms of
1: that
8: he's been 13 and 21 over the last two years would that make him as attractive to a team that doesn't know him as well as the patriots organization does Would that make him attractive to the Chargers, to the Falcons, to the commanders? I kind of think not. Yes, there have been some extenuating circumstances here with injuries, with poor draft picks and things like that. But I think a 13 and 21 coach would be a kind of a hard sell to a team that just got rid of a coach because they weren't having success. Do you guys agree with that? on its face,
1: I would agree with that. I think if you know anything, and I would like to think that if you are an NFL executive, you do know a little something, then I would think that Mike Vrabel, I, I mean, I know I know um, Bill Parcells said you are what your record said you are, or Belichick, I don't know. That That is a concept. I get that. But Mike Vrabel is a better coach than that 13 and 21 indicates, in my opinion. Now, I, oh, I don't, don't disagree. I don't think he is as, as attractive to anybody else as he is to the Patriots. But I think if he were to hit the open market, there would be interest in him. I've said it on here before, I believe. I don't know whose mistake it would be, but if Mike Vrabel is not coaching the Tennessee Titans in twenty four twenty four, I think it's a mistake. I, I don't know if it's on his part. I don't know if it's on their part. I don't know whose mistake it is, but I'd, I'd like to see what he can do with a fully loaded roster here. And we've not seen that That's true. for
8: years. I mean, I don't disagree with you there uh, in terms of, you know, what he could do with a fully restocked roster once again, you know, but if the thing is that he and Rand Carthon truly do not get along and, you know, we've seen Brable just last week when I asked him try to squash some of that at least. Uh, Rand Carthon has not been in front of the media in months, so we really don't know what his thinking is uh, on the whole situation. But to me, you know if you're Mike Vrabel if you're the Titans and Mike Vrabel does not want to be here you still hold the leverage for now because he's under contract mm-hmm. i can't see amy adams strunk having an asset in mike vrabel under contract and just fi- outright firing him and not getting anything for him when he when they she knows that the New England Patriots and perhaps another team or two would hire him in a heartbeat. So, therefore, if he's unhappy enough to the point where he wants out of here, trade him get and get draft picks so that you can accelerate this rebuild with somebody else that you hire.
0: Okay, but that's the question here. D- does Mike Vrabel want to
8: be here or would he prefer to be in New England? I mean, what, what is your read on that? Well, he told us Wednesday that he wants to be here. So, well, on the record, he says, I want to be here. Now, behind the scenes, this stuff does is not going away. All this speculation, all this chatter that's been about, you know, the disagreements here, the unhappiness and all, it doesn't seem to go away. In fact, it just keeps snowballing. It, you know, it, the fire continues to rage despite what he said on Wednesday about wanting to be here. Now, but Terry, you don't, don't you have
1: to don't you have to ask where some of that's coming from? Because again, this all kind of kicked up when during the Titans' open week, Mike Vrabel was in New England in Robert Kraft's box
8: having his. Number retired or and being in some kind of way recognized retired. up there, right? Being taken it put into the team's Hall of Fame. And then you saw him in the uh, luxury suite with Robert Kraft and the two of them yucking it up and having a good time. And about a week later, that's when the report came out uh, that said, you know, the Patriots would consider that if they move on from Belichick, that Vrabel would be the, quote, home run hire, I think is the way it was phrased. And so that's where all of this initially started to get a little bit of fuel
0: but but all of the rumors that have that have come that surround Mike Vrabel to the Patriots have come from Boston not none of them outside of one particular radio host here in Nashville who wants to do nothing but engagement farm has anybody said anything nobody who actually covers this football team has has written anything that that even remotely suggests that Mike Vrabel wants to be in New England.
8: I agree, but now now what you've got is you're starting to get the Ian Rappaports and the Adam Schefters of the world, Diana Russini, who is plugged into Vrabel, starting to comment about there's unrest, the situation's not settled. Who knows? It may be Amy Adams Strunk that's unhappy with Mike Vrabel. That may be where the problem lies. We don't know because we saw Amy Adams Strunk get unhappy with John Robinson last year and unload him. So who knows? Maybe it's her who's not happy with what Mike Brabel has done and what Mike Well hasn't done. Hasn't done. Exactly. Because he he hasn't squashed this. Yes. Well, other than literally
0: saying on the record, I want to be be here. here. What more can he do? He
1: answered the question directly. You would think. And and when he said that last week, I kind of felt like, but, okay. But you know what? Tom, look,
0: I, I would rather him do it that way than say, I'm not going to be the next head football coach at the University of Alabama.
1: And then be the next head football coach at the well, University I mean, of Alabama? But,
0: but, but and at the time, I don't think he was. Saban was so adamant about it and so hmm,
1: you know, yeah.
0: fist to, to table, whereas Vrabel's just been like, look, it, this isn't even something I'm worried about right now. I'm worried about beating the Jaguars. Right. Let, let's, let's worry about this now. And, and, and when the season's over, we'll have a meeting, and then we can worry about all of that later. Because that's who Mike Vrabel is. He's worried about the football game that's ahead of him. He's not worried about where he's going to be in
2: 2024-25. All right.
0: So he said, on the record, he answered the question directly with a no. I want to be here, bottom line. That's what we have to work on. Now, if Amy Adams Strunk or Rand Carthon or the two of them together don't want him here, then sure. There's, there, that's a possibility. I think it's a poor decision, but it's a possibility.
1: Other than the New England situation. Why, if you're Amy adams drunk, why, if you're Rand Carthon, would you not want him here?
8: It's a fair question. I don't know why they wouldn't, unless there's just a personality clash that they're unable to get past. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, granted, yes, you could say the 6-11 and 11 record might be the reason, but if that's the case, then Why didn't you fire Mike Vrabel along with John Robinson last year and just clean house from the get-go, you know, and and just burn it to the ground, as they say? Because when you fired John Robinson, you essentially sided with Mike Vrabel in saying there wasn't enough quality players on the roster for him to coach at a high level. Which makes perfectly good sense, by the way. Yes. So now, are you now going to go back and say, well, I'm sorry, Mike Brable was not the right guy to lead this rebuild that we're doing. The roster isn't any better. He's he's not getting results out of it, blah, 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 blah. Where does it end? Because at some point, you know, with Amy Adams Strunk being the owner, she has to decide, one, if she wants Mike Brable as her coach, two, if she wants Rand Carthon as her general manager, and three... How is she going to make them work together and make this work for the betterment of the organization so that they're not floundering in this tailspin constantly? And then you get into the cycle of hiring and hiring this guy, firing that guy, hire and fire, hire and fire, like what the Buffalo Bills did for about 10 years after their soup, after Marv Levy and before uh, Sean McDermott.
0: Okay, but do do we know if was mike vrabel in the discussion process with amy adams Strunk before rand carthon was hired i mean if if that's if that wasn't the case then that's an absolute
8: swing and miss from well what we do know is that vrabel and carthon did not have any relationship prior to carthon being hired as a general manager he had he did not they did not know each other except maybe in passing or you know face recognitions and oh yeah that's you know that's that guy so in that regard the relationship had to start from scratch between the two of them so who knows how healthy that relationship is i think only a few select people would know, Mike Vrabel, Rand Carthon, Amy Adams-Strunk, and maybe whatever coaches or personnel people they may have confided in uh, regarding this situation. But what we do know is that there have been numerous, you know, reports and speculation about this rift between them. And there was even somebody put out something saying that the league encouraged Amy Adams Strunk to hire Rand Carthon, you know, to get a minority hire in the position. Who knows if that's true? Who knows how much validity there is in that? To me, that's, you know, that is very forced if that is true. And that is, you know, a move that would discredit what Rand Carthon's qualifications are because, It certainly looked like he was qualified to be the GM just based on his resume coming from the 49ers and working in their pro personnel department.
0: I think he's proven his worth here in Nashville in less than a year.
1: Yeah, I -hmm. I think I think a real disservice was done to Rand Carthon when that thought process was advanced. I don't think yeah, he's don't, done anything to prove anything other than he's very capable at his position.
8: But no, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, but if you're talking about or, a guy who who potentially yeah yes you can say Peter Skaronsky was a reach in the first round at guard, but it was a need position, and we re, we're not going to go through and rehash why he should or should not be at left tackle instead of guard. But if he has pulled off getting you a franchise quarterback in round two and getting you a successor to Derrick Henry, who has more versatility than Henry in round three, then he's done a pretty good job in his first go around as the general manager. I absolutely agree. So, that, again, tell us the timeline as you know it
0: right now. Do you do you expect that that, that – Mike Vrabel, Amy Adams, Strunk met today? Or are they meeting tomorrow, or do we just know that it's sometime this week?
8: We just know that it's sometime this week. We were told as media today is the first time in the 20 something years I've been covering this team, whatever it goes back to 1997, that the coach was not made available in on the same day as Locker Clean Out when the season ends. What I also know is there was no uh, coach meeting with the players in a team meeting type of setting like there normally is uh at the end of a season. So read into that what you will. There was another reporter that told me that sometimes uh these, you know, they don't have the group meeting with the the team and the players with the head coach. But uh most times it feels like that they do. And I had two different players in the locker room tell me that there was no team meeting this morning. Okay, well, but, but
6: we,
8: you were told that Mike Vrabel would be
0: available on Wednesday. Is that correct?
8: We were, we were told that he would be available later in the week. I don't know okay. if any uh, memo has yet been sent out saying what day that would be. Sorry, I thought I read Wednesday, but it very well could have just been later in the week. Look,
0: I, this is, this is certainly a, tough situation for everybody involved because you, the uncertainty of New England, which apparently Bill Belichick has said he's willing to take a, another role within the organization. And, and so that could certainly open up the head coaching position. But I think that I want. I, well, I wonder if that is not predicated on what Mike Vrabel wants to do. So there may be a, well, we're going to wait on him, we're going to wait on them
8: situation, yeah. and we're to a standoff. Well, if that's the case, if I'm – Mike Vrabel or anybody taking the New England Patriots job and following Bill Belichick. I don't want Bill Belichick in there in an advisory role, looking over my shoulder, questioning everything that uh, is done. That's just me. Well, but they have a relationship and I think that's
0: that's a really good relationship. And
1: and if, if that, if that dynamic could work with anybody, I would think it would be with those He's two. Yeah. Uh, because I think any other coach coming into New England, I think that would be exactly the concern, Terry. That you know, you yeah. you got I mean, this guy, and I mean we've seen that on too many other occasions with folks looking over folks' shoulders like that in and out of coaching, actually. Yeah. But um. It's that's a difficult scenario to imagine, I think, with anybody other than variable in New England. So I guess this next few days is going to be interesting. It
8: definitely is. And then, you know, then, of course, there's always the do you want to follow the legend? Do you want to follow John Wooden? Do you want to follow Don Shula? Do you want to follow, you know, the guy that did all the winning?
1: Yeah. You don't. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want to follow Pat Summit?
0: <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah. So. Do, do you want to follow Bear Bryant? No, because you'll end up the coaches of the Giants in three years.
2: <laughs> there you
0: go. <laughs> so yeah. Terry, this has been very, uh, <laughs> very interesting, to say the least. On this Black Monday, we'll see how how it shakes out, and we'll talk to you again soon about it.
1: Doesn't Terry need to do something before he leaves? He does. Tell us about Zen Sports, Terry. The new sports
8: betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee, Tibet.
6: Smiles.
5: These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low-deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable, individual plans that meet your needs. one 844 445
7: This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life sized Santa's workshop, and a 100 foot long dragon. Welcome back
6: to Zoo Lumination at Nashville Zoo, bigger, brighter, and better than ever.
0: Black Monday here on Main Street Sports today and across the National Football League. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and we're talking a little bit about the coaching situations across the NFL. There are several openings, including two that came about today-ish today.
1: So a second one has occurred today? Yes. Uh, I didn't realize that there had been more than one. But that's okay. Go ahead. No. Well, okay. So,
0: right now, um, obviously we have the the sorry the um, Falcons who are looking at plenty of of options, as well as uh, let's see who are the others. We've got the Panthers, right?
1: All right.
0: The Raiders. Well-
1: Shouldn't be looking, but
0: the Chargers and Ron Rivera
1: was not aware of the Ron Rivera that that had taken place, but um, I mean certainly it had been discussed.
0: Yeah, Rivera is. I mean the the the, the Washington football team, Commanders, if you will have already reached out to like the Browns and the Ravens about, about coordinators who they'd like to hire. I mean, they are, they're on it. Now we've heard nothing from Arthur blank other than, you know, Hey, we fire our coach. They just helped. They just held a press conference.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I guess they couldn't hold a press conference at midnight, midnight last night, or they could have, but I'm not sure how well it would have been attended. I don't
0: think Washington held one at all. They were just like, Hey, we fired a coach. We're going to go hire one now. (laughs)
1: What else you want us to say? Pretty, pretty, pretty clear why
0: we fired
1: him. Four and thirteen.
0: Let's. (laughs) I mean, it's it's not it's not hard to go back and find. So yeah, I, I think this is a. This is going to be. An off season where, we see a lot of guys who. Have been passed up, and now find themselves with. Legitimate
1: and, opportunities. And well, and the unfortunate situation here is that one of those guys who had been passed up joined Washington's coaching staff over this past off season in offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. So, not quite sure where this leaves him. Pretty sure it's jobless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the house. Yeah. So,
0: but I think he's certainly, I, I think he's going to be a candidate for a number of these hirings.
1: Mm-hmm. As much of a candidate as he's been at any point as in his career.
0: I, I don't know, man. I think, I I, I think the,
1: and this, I, I'm, I'm just going to tell change. you that this is exactly the scenario that I feared when he went to Washington.
0: Well, I, I think the, The somewhat decline of the Chiefs offense and their production has to lend a little credibility to him, doesn't
1: it? You'd like to think. But I don't know how many people have taken that into consideration as they discuss the decline of the Chiefs.
0: I mean, I think you got to.
1: I I don't disagree, but... I'm not sure how much that's being discussed.
0: The commanders have asked for permission to talk to the Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, Ravens defense. We just want
2: somebody from the Lions.
1: Anybody who you who you we'll yeah. take anybody. Mike, McDonald. we we assume Dan Campbell's not available, but I mean, <laughs> we'll, if you want to make him available, we'll talk to him too
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, and Anthony Weaver, Ravens assistant head coach and defensive line coach. So <laughs> They they have they have uh certainly But here's here's the thing, they also don't have a head of football. Washington right. So, I mean, they have a GM, but yeah, this is
1: I, I, I what is the head of football ops when you have a GM?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure that's how That's an that interesting
1: flow chart work. to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. What is that what other what else does a GM do, right?
1: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> kind of just. I mean, if you have both, who does what?
0: Uh, that's it's a good question. Um Let's see if we have a management and administration of a football team. They're in charge of player personnel, scouting, and team salary cap. They report directly to the general manager. No, that's what a general manager does. I, th- this is, yeah, this is the, some, this is someone for the general manager to fire when things go poorly. That's what this is. <laughs> you are the first man on the chopping block. That's what you are. <laughs> Stand right here. <laughs> You are the
1: shit. and I'm gonna stand <laughs> right behind <with> you. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. that's what this is.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, it's no good. <laughs> the mm. the uh, Steelers are looking for an offensive coordinator. I, the Chargers, I still think, are awaiting the decision of Jim Harbaugh.
2: Mm.
0: I, that's just that's my my personal feeling on that. Uh, obviously, the Raiders are looking for a coach and a GM. The Panthers need everything. Uh, Buffalo Bills need an offensive coordinator, so Eric Bienemy could find his way up there if necessary. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of options out there. Whether the Tennessee Titans may be looking for a, for a head coach by the end of the week. We don't know. But this hmm. is – and I'm
1: not, te- I'm not sure that this is a time when you want to be looking for a head coach when you talk about who else is looking for head coaches.
0: Because the
1: Chargers,
0: particularly the
1: Chargers, the Chargers got a quarterback,
8: They but I think the
1: Panthers, do they have a quarterback or not? The Browns don't have a I'm sorry, the Browns aren't available. I'm sorry. Who who else are we?
0: Uh, Well, you've got the Falcons who don't have a quarterback.
1: No, they most certainly do not. And the
0: commanders.
1: I don't think they have one either.
0: I don't think they got much of anything,
1: so. so. at least you have your quarterback.
0: If you're the Titans, they may be. They may be one of the top two most attractive jobs.
2: Titans and Chargers.
0: Might be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, good thought. That being said, you know. A lot has been made of arthur smith at in atlanta and i just don't know that it's on arthur smith i mean maybe 50 percent but they, I, I mean they did him no favors when they got rid of calvin ridley they didn't no favors for no good for reason. no good reason they did no favors when they drafted a kid from cincinnati Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. I mean, I think it was an okay pick at the time, but it, I don't think that Desmond Ritter is a franchise quarterback. We've pretty much seen that. They finally give him a run game in Bijan Robinson. I mean, not that Cordero Patterson was a problem, but then they just stopped using Cordero Patterson. So I think part of it is on Arthur Smith, but I don't think their I don't think their defense was very good. Clearly, look what the Look what Will Levis did to him in there, in his debut. Their defense wasn't very good. They had one receiver and Kyle Pitts.
1: I mean, I think London, I think you like Drake London. London's Elvis.
0: solid, but then you got you got him and Pitts. That's about it. They didn't do him many favors. Hmm. Now
1: he didn't do himself a whole lot, did, lot of favors I, 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 either, either think, going back and <laughs> forth with the quarterback situation. Yeah.
0: You got it. Well, I mean, I think he wanted to know, you know, how is Ritter going to handle this? Is it going to work? Because I don't think Heineke was the answer at any point. I mean, for maybe a minute.
1: I mean, I think it depends on what the question is. <laughs> I mean, There's was that. trying to win some games in 2023 the question? or Are you trying to find the guy going forward? Clearly, And maybe he Heineke wasn't years? the guy going forward, but yeah, he Could he doesn't have job. to worry about going forward. Yeah,
0: could save your job potentially if you play Heineken. Look, I Arthur Smith is a very solid offensive mind. There's, there's no doubt what he did here in Tennessee was admirable, based on what he had.
1: But he, based on what he had, and he didn't have what he had here. There, there. That's right. And that was what everybody said when he went. There. Be careful what you ask for. He didn't have Derrick Henry.
0: Or Ryan Tannehill. As much as people want to trash on Ryan Tannehill. Although that trash talk has kind of finally waned. And there's more appreciation for what Seventeen did Mm -hmm. in in his time here. Uh, But anyway, what did you think of last night's final play? Between the Saints and.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. I think that. I think it was a little bush coming out of victory formation. I don't think scoring is an issue. I mean, like somebody said, the Dolphins scored 70 on Denver. But I think if you're going to run a play, run a play. Correct. I don't think you run a play out of victory formation. Correct. And, you know, I think, I think the decision that Jameis Winston made was unfortunate. I think, again, as he said, I'm not sure how much difference there is in 41-17 and 48-17, but I think you line up in a conventional offensive formation if you're going to try to score.
0: If you do what they did, somebody's going to get hurt. because
1: somebody somebody running victory formation and actually executing it is going to get hurt because somebody on defense is going to look at this and say, "Now you ain't catching us sleeping." nope exactly yeah, this at some point will get somebody hurt. We'll
0: get somebody hurt, yeah, and I think that's that that's where you have an issue now. And I've been in a back and forth all day about, look, I I don't mind the scoring. Scoring is fine. And if you think that that players should play 100% at all times on both sides of the ball, I'm fine with that, too. But the fact is that when you line up in victory formation, 99%. Of the time that teams have lined up in victory formation, it's been a stand up, shake hands, kneel down. Uh, nobody's playing hard.
2: Right, right. As
0: soon as you stop that, you know so, the one team playing hard, and then you've got a defensive lineman who breaks their leg last night because they got pushed backwards and stepped on. Then we're having a very different conversation today.
1: And and and, and that- so if you're running victory. You, and you're on offense and a linebacker comes over the top because he doesn't trust that you're running victory formation and and somebody who's not expecting to get hit gets hit and then they get pissed off
0: or but Jeffrey Simmons and Tyre Tart let's say is lined up at nose tackle and they decide and to come immediately mm-hmm. to try to cause a fumble and that center's knees buckle
1: then what? Because he's not expecting to fire off. That's right. Because it's victory
0: formation. It's victory formation. Right. That's a problem. So yes, I, I'm not i I'm fine with scoring. Score. You gotta stop them. They get they drive Mercedes too. You stop them.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: fine with that. But yeah. A, and I thought Arthur Smith's frustration was warranted.
1: Yeah, I didn't when I saw him initially react the way he did, I did not have all the information. I did not know <laughs> I didn't realize that they scored out a big formation. <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah, like that, was, that was tough. to. I was like, come on
1: now. Yeah, and, and I feel bad because, you know, as, as Jameis Winston said in the postgame, Dennis Allen didn't know. He went rogue. They went rogue. And, and that's and,
0: why Allen was like, look, I need to apologize because that, I did not. Yeah, that was not my call. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do feel like Dennis Allen throwing Jameis Winston under the bus was a little sus.
1: Well, but well, I don't. But I mean, but what do you do with that? Point what do here? you I mean, do? I, the I, truth, I, I didn't I didn't call it. Okay? That's not throwing it. Back. I don't think telling the truth is throwing someone under the bus. It ain't sinning if you don't. If if but, If it's the truth, it ain't sinning. But
0: also, you're part of a team. Sometimes you might handle that internally and just say, look, you know, our, our team made a decision. You just say our team. You don't say me or Jameis. You said our team made a decision that, that we wanted to get this kid a touchdown, so we were going to get him a touchdown. And then afterwards, you go to Jameis and be like, what the heck were you yeah, thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It just it, it, you, you could do either way, but I thought that was interesting and, and anyway. Ron Rivera, does he get another job? Does he want another does job? Does he want
1: another job? <laughs> Because after the Washington experience, I'll know that he does.
0: After Carolina and Washington? Mm. The only jobs that you can take are bad jobs, Ron. They're the only ones open. Good jobs aren't open. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get any better
1: from here, buddy. No, not for him. So, I mean, he's, he's not getting the Chargers. Who should be on
0: the radar for those teams in the vacancies?
1: Outside of the aforementioned Erbiani, outside of the aforementioned You yeah, I'm
0: not real sure. I don't either. I, like, I don't.
1: I mean, there's nobody that necessarily just jumps out at me. I, I
0: mean, there just aren't guys who who feel like head coach material. Out
1: I there. do feel like. I feel like. If the writers don't hire Antonio Pierce, somebody should. Well, so,
0: you know, we've talked about hiring the interim guy, and you know, especially when they do well. But a lot of times that don't work either. And I don't know if you've seen Texas basketball. This year, but it's not good. It's
1: not working there,
0: and so I have not checked
1: in on Rodney Terry. It's not great,
0: but but I mean, I'm just saying, like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I can understand why you would why you would shy away from it, but also like there there are times, especially in the NFL. Look, this guy's been there all year, and he clearly turned the team around. It wasn't it wasn't a personnel issue; it was a mentality and and mindset issue.
1: Well, and. And it's a lot easier to say something won't work, so we're not going to do it.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Instead of saying, well, maybe we screwed up from the beginning or whatever.
1: Or, you know, maybe we give this guy a shot and
0: see what happens. Well, I mean, isn't that what you did with an interim guy? You gave him a shot. He did well. What what more evidence do you need? (laughs) Steve Wilkes.
1: Exactly. Maybe a guy that needs Steve a shot. a shot.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because Carolina Could have done worse.
0: Well, and you know than
1: hiring
2: him.
0: It's funny because we talked about that, talked about what the question is with Atlanta. Same thing in, in Carolina. You have to play Bryce Young because, well, he's your number one overall pick. But the only games you won, Andy Dalton started. So, you know, and then you got fired because you played Bryce Young.
2: Yeah, I mean. probably
0: knowing that Andy Dalton was the better option based off of what you saw. But I
1: mean, you were hired with the knowledge that Bryce Young was the guy. So I mean, if you couldn't get it done with the first round draft pick, I mean, what? I I, I don't know. Just uh,
0: it's it's I hate when the NFL predicates so much on measurables, but they do it for a reason,
2: hmm.
0: and it's, it's just a simple fact: Bryce Young does not measure up to the NFL physically, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, because he's got all the talent. He's got all the mental capacity. He's a great job. Justin's trying to get stuff, stuff thrown at him. Josh McDonald's.
1: If that dude ever, ever gets ever. another job, everybody involved with him getting a job should be fired.
7: Ever. When I, whenever I said that, uh, it was when y'all were like, I can't really think of anybody. <laughs>
1: So I yeah.
7: that in the Still part. can't
0: think of anybody. You're trying to get. Yeah. No, but seriously, I I know that that Bryce Young, you knew that he was going to be the guy. That was kind of you know Frank Reich was was tasked with making him the guy.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: But I gotta wonder if Frank Reich didn't wasn't in those meetings going, he's not the he's guy. He's
1: not the guy. This ain't it, y'all. This ain't it. And.
0: But, again, Carolina has a lot more problems than the quarterback. Clearly. It's not just the quarterback that they're probably – I mean, if, if – It's the
1: quarterback, but it's not just the yeah,
0: quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if, if Bryce were in Houston, I think they'd probably win six or seven ball games. It's just, you know, C.J. Stroud was a, a bit, a tiny bit of a product of his surroundings. He has a really good offensive line, a couple good receivers, really good defensive line. That's it, you know. But anyway, we need to take a break. We have one more segment to go. College football playoffs, national championship tonight. We'll talk about it right after this. Stick around. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
5: With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you. No matter what's happening in the world or at your house.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Vaughn and Joint Final Segment of this Monday Mirror as we turn the mirror over and look ahead. But before we do that, Mo, let's take a look back at some of our bowl season predictions. They went so very well.
1: (laughs) I think at some point, Missouri is going to look up and think, what are we doing here? I like Ohio State by double digits in this ball game.
7: I think I'm gonna go Penn State. They always I don't know James Franklin disrupts things.
0: He does. And in fact he does. I'm gonna go Penn State as well.
2: War Eagle. Okay. <laughs> Oh, we go. Hey,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I got to go Auburn here, too.
1: I'm going Auburn as well.
0: Auburn has traditionally done well in this game.
1: Roll Tide. Justin has already declared. (laughs) Right out of the gate. I, I tend to agree with him.
0: This is the game. That at no point going forward
7: do
4: we believe in Michigan. Do we believe in Michigan?
7: So you're saying this is going to shift the the public opinion of Michigan being a good team?
1: Mm-hmm. I Not think a good team. It's a good program. I mean, because when might, he
0: gets shellacked, he might he's be going ready to, get
1: to leave. Well, when he gets shellacked, they might pull it too. <laughs> I have resisted the whole Texas is back thing. I'm taking the horns
3: here.
0: I don't think this game is going to be very good either. I'm not sure that Michael Penix isn't better than Quinn Ewers. That Texas receiving core, the run game, and here's the, here's the, the bottom line, the offensive line. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're probably just as fast. They're going to bully the front seven. For Washington all night long, I think it's Texas by two touchdowns, if not more. <laughs> so as we've told you all season long,
1: listen to our
0: picks, do the opposite, take the
1: other team, get rich, count your
0: money,
2: <laughs> just
0: one. Yeah. Uh, secure the bag baby oh man well so okay before we get to that do we want to make this interesting or do we want to know who won right now
1: no we don't want to know who won right now just for the simple fact that i don't have them counted up
0: well okay do we want to make it interesting and wager points so let's say you got 50 wins. Maybe you hmm. want to wager 15 wins <laughs> on your pick
2: tonight. <laughs> I love that. Oh.
0: I don't know. It's, a, it's just a thought. Not because I'm in last place. I don't know. If <laughs> I may or may not. That be. doesn't have
1: anything to do with it. Huh?
0: I, I was just thinking. I was like, well, I mean, even if we, if we had them, you know, if we don't do it that way, we're going to know who won the pick on right now. And tonight's pick doesn't matter.
1: Likely not.
0: So uh, yeah, I think I think you're up by about three or four. I think I'm up. So yeah, Mo may not want to do it. Justin, what do you think? Two out of three. We got a <laughs> win. We got <laughs> win we gotta winner.
7: Yeah, we're doing a, demo- a democracy type
1: thing. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for yay on that, <laughs> democracy lives here on Main Street
1: Sports. There we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. But anyway, I do think I think Mo, I think you won. I think you were up three or four probably.
1: Yeah, I, I'll I'll get I these counted up tonight and have something. I'll get these counted up and have a, a final tally when we come back tomorrow.
0: All right, let's do that. So what do you feel like happens tonight? Do you think that this is going to be one of the best football games we've seen in college football this season? Because I do.
1: well I'm gonna tell you what, I if if it can top the two semifinal games, good luck. Because again, two one possession games, one in overtime. They oh. got to go a ways to Both to beat
0: came down that. In the last position. Yeah. Um. What's who's favored? Michigan tonight is favored. Oh, Justin, I've got. Hold on. Oh, what's up? How about that?
7: Hey, at there. Love that. If uh-huh. Michael, if Pennix Jr. has a game like he did last game, does he go number one next year?
0: You know, I—that's a good question. It's a really deep draft at the quarterback mm-hmm. position, but I think Michael Penix certainly has an opportunity to be the top draft pick. I, I think that this this game pits strength versus strength, at least for Washington's offense and Michigan's defense. Right. Michigan's defense is better. I'm sorry. Wa- well, Michigan's defense is better than I thought they were, but Washington's defense is much better than I thought they were.
1: Yeah, they held their if, own.
0: If this game gets into a shootout, it's Washington all day, though, right? I
1: don't think it gets into a shootout, but like you said, I think Michigan's defense and Washington's offense may kind of be a push, and I think Washington's defense may be better than Michigan's offense. And if, if that does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I think between those and. Somebody who's seen as much college football as David Ubbin saying last week, he likes Washington. I think I like Washington, too. I think Washington's speed on the offensive side of the ball across the field well, is going to be something that Michigan hadn't necessarily seen.
0: Even last even Even last against week. Alabama. Because I think Penix is far better than Jalen and I don't think it's anywhere close. I think a uh, is it a or a
7: Yeah, the wide receiver.
0: The wide receiver <laughs> from Washington. However, you say his last name.
7: Adunze, I
0: believe. He's better. Adunze. than I'm... anybody else that anybody in Alabama's got. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we. I don't know that we saw Michigan's secondary tested against right. Alabama the way that we're going to see them tested this week. I think.
1: Now I do think Michigan's linebackers are going to be able to get home some, but I do also think that that's going to give Penix some opportunities to make some plays with his feet.
7: Well, didn't didn't I, they have two wide receivers? Didn't Washington have two wide receivers get a buck? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure two I, wide receivers got over a hundred yards.
1: That's insane. I, I'm not I sure. What, I also think Washington center is probably better than Alabama center. Well, there's no. that. No, what? Well. well I,
0: I think, though, that Alabama was caught off guard by the, yeah, Jalen Polk had 11-22 and nine touchdowns. I I think Alabama was caught off guard by the pressure that Michigan brought. Washington will not be caught off guard because they'll, they'll at least be prepared somewhat for it. And so that's where I think that I think Michigan probably had a little bit of the element of surprise and Alabama struggled to, to adjust to that pressure. A lot of it's because the center's not very good. I don't think you're going to see Michigan get home as, as often Mm -hmm. tonight as they did against Alabama. So I think that's a big deal as well. I just feel like this is a really this is a really evenly matched football game. Uh, it, it's as SEC homer as I am. It's refreshing to see some teams
2: that we, you that you
0: haven't seen in this game. It's refreshing to see, you know, a Washington and Michigan team who have struggled in the playoffs in their time in the college football playoffs, get over that hump, find their way to the national championship. So I'm just, I'm just looking forward to having a, a really good time watching a football game. I think it's going to be a good one. Who you take? <laughs> Four and a half points. I'm going to take Washington. I don't know if they win this game. I'm, 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 I'm sort of hopeful they do, even though my friends in Oregon are going to be real mad about that. But I think it's a field goal game either way. And so that's why I'm taking the hustle. So
1: in, in either case, you don't think Michigan covers them? Correct. I honestly, with everything that's gone on all year with Michigan, to see them playing for a national championship it has me feel in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm – The universe? i I. I think you know if you believe in karma, then you kind of got to
0: believe in the Huskies.
1: Yeah, you. You kind of got to be riding with the purple. This is. The, he's only picking Washington because he's
0: a Prince fan. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't. Hurt. It, doesn't hurt. it doesn't hurt. So Justin,
7: man, I'm going. Uh, I. I don't know. Some about that Michael Penix Jr. Dude is just uh, his post game interviews. His I mean, as soon as he won that game last last week, he uh, was like, "All right, on the next one." I just like his attitude. I think we're looking at the next Lamar Jackson. I'm going with Washington.
2: Well,
1: and he's a,
0: a former UT commit. Whoever won the pick 'em is gonna win it because we all took Washington. There we go. We'll <laughs> see you guys tomorrow at two o'clock. We'll recap this game and much, much more on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid Tennessee Barnum. Joint. We'll see you then.